Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. There it is. You hit a button and the adventure begins. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. Uh, we have so many stories, so many things to talk about, and I, I feel like we both analyze life in the same way, or at least are, are taking a step back to look at it. He is a brain strategist. He's involved in the world of 3D as well, a little bit of a tech geek and a podcast host, of course. His thinking and his interviews are all around mindset and, and self-mastery. And in fact, he is the host of the Mindset and Self-Mastery show. Nick McGowan, welcome. Casey, thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. I'm stoked about this chat. I know uh, we spoke once before and it felt like one of those calls where you know, maybe it was 15, 20 minutes and we looked up and we're like, yo, it's been about an hour. We got other meetings and stuff we got to get to. So I'm excited for this one. Thank you for having me. You know, we we couldn't help but just get into podcasting strategies and ideas and mm-hmm. and you know, the same level of analysis you bring to life and to brain and 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 really hacking that self mastery. It's like you bring that to podcasting as well with just a little bit of a nudge here for me. So I can't wait to open the floodgates on this one. So with that, I will ask you our first question, which is Nick, pull back the curtain for us on your show and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast. Well, I think having a great conversation with a guest is sort of like playing jazz. So sometimes it might sound a bit awkward, but most times it's really just a beautiful confluence of the two. So it's easy for me to kind of talk about that as a musician. I'm not fully a jazz musician. I don't think I'm that good. But uh, being able to kind of play within those lines and know that you're able to flow, that's really where the magic of the conversations come from, uh, at least from my experience. Play within the lines and flow. I mean, I played trumpet. I was in the jazz band, but would I consider myself a jazz musician? I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, For real. Talk to me about jazz. What... What is it? When you first mentioned that, I thought, oh my gosh, there's something about this metaphor that just speaks so much to me about podcast conversations like this. Where, where does the jazz fit into that? Well, when you think about being a musician, like I guess we can break this into two different sides. One is yeah. a musician and one is a non-musician because there are certain times where as musicians, we can have conversations with people and the other people outside, their eyes just glaze the hell over. They're like, I don't even know what fucking language this is. What you right. guys are talking about? Whatever. So if we think from a musician's perspective, when you're playing with other musicians, you've got to have that same language. You've got to understand that you're both having a conversation. And when playing jazz, sometimes it sounds a little odd or a little off, but it can fit just nicely and sometimes give an experience that couldn't have happened in a traditional way. So I think of, uh, uh, it's easy for me to think of guitar because that's my go-to. So I think of the people that will just play around in some three chords and like poppy sort of stuff. And then people that'll take that to a whole different level. They'll be able to have a conversation that's more rudimentary, but then they can easily jump into the more advanced sort of conversations. And as a podcast host, we need to be able to play that, hence the playing jazz and being able to play within the conversation. I was having a conversation. The... Go, Go ahead. ahead. 
Well, to, on the musician note, I was having a conversation with somebody yeah. the other day and they were like, look, I'm so theoried. I know how to, I know how to read music and I just, theory is in my bones. So it's hard for me to improv outside of that. It's hard for me to look and play jazz because they're just so theoried and they're used to, this is how this works. So that, that conversation was interesting for me because I'm not that way. I know how to have conversation, but I specifically play outside the lines most times. Uh, I wasn't taught traditionally through that. So it's funny how some people can kind of get stuck. And I think we as people get stuck in how we have conversations with people at times. Like if you're used to having small talk with people, guess what you're going to have? Small mm. talk. If you're used to getting into deeper conversations and that's where your jam is on whatever topic, then you're going to get into those things. So I think at a, at a level of playing that music and having the, uh, the conversation between either two instruments or instrumentalists and just people, you still have to be able to kind of, again, play within the lines, understand where you're at, but sometimes it's okay to slip outside of that. See if you can pull somebody out into some other direction and be able to open up a new avenue that you didn't start off with. You know, I, I feel like th for me, what, what, what screams when you, when you talk about playing within the lines, you almost like theory talks to me about like a super scripted podcast, right? Where you have 10 questions and I'm going to ask my 10 questions. And sometimes I've seen podcasts go too far into theory, right? Too far music yeah. theory. And they ask the 10 questions, no matter what your answer is, they're going to question two. And, you know, sometimes they're even responses. And so they're just Baffling. so theory, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that that's, I guess some people that's their jam, but I sure. think for the most part, that's if, if you really think about it, that's a limitation, at yeah. least the way that I look at it. So even in that conversation I was having with my friend about it, she understands it's a limitation and she's not able to just automatically think outside of that. She has to put work in to be able to do that. So it's interesting when, when you get into those situations, cause you need both of those. Like if you right. didn't understand the basic language as a musician, you have no idea what the hell's going on. But then there are little tips and tricks, um, <laughs> I guess, to keep running with the whole music thing. I think yeah, the Nashville please, yeah. number system, you know, the, the number system is such a beautiful thing. And I don't know if that's uh, if that came from uh, specifically like worship music or what have you. But that's where I experienced it being in different worship bands where. What's the have, number system? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So if you think of like uh, the key of A. Okay. An octave is eight. So if I said, we're going to play a one, three, and a five in A, we're going to play an A, C, and an E. Wow. So instead of going, look, I need you to play an A, then I need you to play a seventh on this and do blah, 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 and just like rattle all this stuff to people, you'd say, all right, we're going to play, it's the key of A, and we're going to do a one, three, five, two times for the verse, and then a three, two, three, two, six, or something for the chorus, or whatever you want it to be. At that point, you then know where your minors and majors are and all that stuff. <laughs> this is not what I thought this conversation was going to be about, but yeah, it, it stems from well, in some ways playing hey, jazz. we're playing jazz, baby. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah. if you think about that number system and you know, like these are the base numbers that I can stay on, then you can have a conversation from there. For the yeah. most part, for the audience, for the people that are podcast hosts, if you've gotten past 10 episodes, you've dealt with a lot of different scenarios already. So- there's a couple milestones that I've noticed, uh, 10 episodes, 25, 50. I haven't reached the hundred yet. I'm getting up there, 
But there are these different things you learn at different times, which is why Mm -hmm. I think back to playing jazz and just having the conversation. You've got to be reactive, but you also have to be proactive and allow for the conversation to flow and then move it where, you know, where it fits a little better. Wow. I love it. And I love that we even spend some time just even hearing about jazz, even hearing the one, three, five, and, and how you might talk to someone beforehand. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're all like, okay, cool. On the same page, almost like calling a play in football or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved that you did that because for me, I thought like prep call for me, it'd be a prep call saying, Hey, we were chatting. We talked about, Hey, this is what's going to happen. We're going to play this one major question. And there might be some of these other minor questions, you know, mm-hmm. we got a major and we got a minor. And then um, <laughs> here's the, the rough parameters. Yes, you can swear and you can do this and we can always cut it out and, boom, like good, ready. And now let's riff. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, based on this given structure, let's just roll with it and see what happens. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So if we want to go down that path a little bit, you and I talked a bit on our intro call about how I don't do intro calls. I had done them before, but I've tightened up my process up front. And it's not a matter of what you do is better or worse or any different, anything like that. It's just different. And it's whatever works for the different people. I've realized within my process, I can tighten things up up front to be able to qualify people up front. So by the time they actually get through that process and they get in, they're already in. I've already qualified them at different milestones throughout that initial process. And then Talk to me about that. that. What kind of qualification steps do you put in there? So some of it is also just being able to connect with the person through... Uh, through their message system or email or whatever it is, asking some specific questions, but then it's really just doing the homework on the people. Like I have a lot of people I've gotten to this point and I'm very grateful and thankful for being at this point where I have a lot of leads that are coming to me now. And a lot of people that are looking to be on the show and interested. And when Mm -hmm. that first started to happen at first, I was like, okay, cool. This is somebody that's not a buddy. You know, right. somebody who has no idea who the fuck I am. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about me? So all of that's part of it too. Um, and I got a handful of people that were kind of spammers that oh, were yeah. really just trying to just have a conversation to like sell whatever they're trying to I sell. Same, yeah. especially when they go through your contact form and they set up an appointment and you're like, what the fuck is this appointment? This yeah. isn't something I'm going to, but that's a different story. Uh, but qualifying <laughs> tell, no, tell people, us how you really feel about that. <laughs> well, I started to, and then I pulled myself back. Um, <laughs> so don't don't push me, Casey. I think at this point, you know, man, I'll just poke, be open poke, with poke. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep poking the bear. Um, so qualifying these people up front and then doing homework on them. So now I've got people that are coming to me. And at first it was a little difficult to be able to say no. You know, I I want to have people on. I want to have these conversations. So being mindful to not um, uh, not judge people, not judge anything, and just be as factual as I could be for the audience. Because look, when I first started the, the show, it came out of my coaching and wanting to be able to open up those conversations. Some of it was also therapeutic. Mm. So just having conversations. And as we all know, starting off, you start off with some of your warm you know, the people that are close to you or people that are in your network, because you're just testing it out, all that sort of stuff. And those are great conversations. And then when it gets to people you don't know, it's potentially extra weird because yeah. you have no idea what's going to happen. So being able to take those, uh, the information in that, that comes in 
whatever that first batch of info is and telling, is it scripted? Like, did they just copy and paste shit? And they're just blasting this out to everybody. Right. Or did they actually spend a little bit of time to listen to an episode, go to the website, do something. And I, I found that really interesting how people were, some people were just dumping shit in, in a message like, hi, host of podcast. We'd like to be on your show because of <laughs> and just a whole bunch of shit about right. this person where I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I mean, right. in certain ways, yes. But at that point, you're like, no, nah, I don't want that. Um, and then there are people that'll come through and say, we were listening to this one episode and this really stood out to us and ties into what we'd like to talk about or what my boss would like to talk about. Well written. Have you? I'm like, yes. And that takes an extra couple minutes for them to do their own damn homework. Yeah. So at that point, then the qualifications on me because they've already kind of qualified me in that sense. And I go, all right, cool. I look at their website. I look through their social channels, all of that. And honestly, the first thing I'm looking for, are they a surface level person? Or mm-hmm. they get a lot deeper than that. How do you tell? How can you tell? You would be the so, guy that tell us all that. Yeah. Well, so I used to run a social media and digital marketing agency. Okay. And we would do a ton of audits as our like lead gen, you know, we'll do an audit yep. for your social media and we'll tell you basically it's awful and you need us. And here we are. <laughs> Look, we're saviors. Yay. Yay. Um, and in most cases, that's, that's what came to us. There are certain yeah. times we'd be like, yo, you are crushing it. Here's, you know, a couple, a couple of things you can do or whatever. Um, yeah. But looking through and seeing what people are talking about, what people are posting on Facebook, what they're posting on LinkedIn, is it bullshit? Is it genuine? Is it canned? Because mm-hmm. you can tell how people, there's a difference between a canned post that somebody's like, I'm trying something out. Like I'm trying out a little campaign here yeah. or something where they're like, I don't know. I hired some schmuck or cousin mm-hmm. Jimmy to be able to help me with this. And Jimmy's just an idiot and I don't give a shit. He's just because, pooping all over your social media account. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because yeah. then at that point, they don't really care. Right. You know, uh, but one of the major, major, major things I look for or what other episodes of other shows have you been on? I want right. to hear how other people sound. So I thought you were going to what? say like they're wearing like a baseball hat or something in there. They're wearing a ball cap or they have like a- No, man, you should. A Look, nice, finely refined beard and mustache. Oh, okay. That's that's what gets them on a show. But yeah, so you're looking at the content and the character of their messaging the across all the platforms. That's cool. That's really Yeah. Cool. I mean, some of it's branding, all that sort of stuff. You want to see, is it worthwhile? Are they actually doing something? But I'm looking deeper than that. Because I want people that are on the show to be able to talk about the depths of the stuff that they've been through. Yeah. Instead of talking about your fucking book. I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah, man. Gosh. Uh, I've had only a few times where I had the sort of polished authors and I felt like I didn't actually talk to them. Like he, he yeah. wasn't even there. I was, he was literally in front of me. He was answering my questions, but it wasn't him. It was like that polished veneer. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to chip away at it. And I couldn't get to him. There's one guest I felt like I didn't actually connect with whatsoever. And that's what I'm in it for. So yeah, yeah I hear you on those people for just real. trying to pitch stuff. It's gross. And that's a character yeah. type. That's yeah. something about those people. So full right. transparency, I've only had a few because I've learned. Yeah. Now people come on to talk about their book. They can talk about whatever their business is, but I don't think people buy products because of the product in this sort of way, they buy it because of the person, just like even in sales. Yeah. You know, I, I could be selling, uh, you brought up 3D. So I run uh, sales for the consumer products division of a 3D content company. 
There are other companies that do 3D content, some that do it hyper photo real like we do. But I think the biggest thing we bring to the table is our people and our process. Yeah. Because you've yeah. got great people and you got a great process and the product's the same as everybody else's or better because we're using the same tech. That's what it's about. So there's some people that honestly, I enjoy not talking to or working with because I don't have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and likewise with short. the show. Yeah. Like I want to be able to have people on the show that I can connect with. I, I know that we can have a great conversation, but again, and back to what I was saying a little earlier, it's the audience because I'm just the conduit here. That's mm. it. These people that are on the show, the guests, they're the ones talking about the things that they've been through because I think that there's the people that are in the audience that they're like how we are, at least on my show, that they're the go-getters, the ones that are doing things, but still have shit behind them that they're working through the traumas and stuff like that. So if the guest can't bring that to the show and they can't bring any sort of passion or anything close to that on any other show, then that tells me a few things just within a few couple of minutes of looking through their social and website, et cetera. So that's what I'm saying where I, I qualify people beforehand. Mm. Um, I also limit when I can do shows. So oh. if somebody starts going back and forth, well, we want to do it this time, this day, blah, 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 blah. I'll be flexible a bit. But after a point, I go, this is the process. This is how we do these things. If it's not going to work this month, there are 11 other months. Yes. Whichever one you'd want. Yes. On these days, at these times. You know what I mean? And I think we, we have to, I don't want to say put a, a line in the sand, but you have to set your business hours. You have to set your certain times to be able to do that. And again, that's part of the qualification process. You have this uh, caring, confident, intentional way about you when you're describing this. I think we could all learn from the, you're not being a dick about it. And you're saying, this is who I'm looking for. This is who I want to learn from, talk to. And here's the process. You're not bending over backwards for a guest, but at the same time, you're not making them feel important. It it feels, feels very balanced to me. I appreciate that. I, that's kind of the aim. You know, I've had different people on uh, that are more of a celebrity status and people that aren't, you know, some people that are like close friends or, you know, in my network or whatever. I try to keep them all the same. And the easiest way to be able to do it is by having that process in line. Mm. And honestly, for the most part, people just enjoy that in some ways, <laughs> not even in some ways, they just enjoy that I have my shit together when it comes to this. Right. Um, so Talk we were talking celebrities. About having celebrities on? Yeah. How, how do you keep yourself together? How do you treat them? You know, hmm. how do you keep from getting just sort of locked up and like, oh my God, I'm talking and to Nick McGowan. What they the bleed blood like we do. They're yeah. humans. They're just like us. Yeah. It's interesting having conversations with anybody that's in any sort of um, public space, be it an influencer, uh, a celebrity, whoever. I think for the most part, those people have been in more interactions than a lot of other people. So it's easier for them to connect. Yeah, uh, It's easier for them to be open. It can sometimes be easier for them to just be canned, like these are lines I need to read or whatever. But I think that's an attention sort of thing for some people. Mm-hmm. If, if they're in it and they're having a conversation, then that shit's just going to go to the side and they're just going to have a great conversation. Um, so I again, I, it's like the same with everybody else. This is how this show works. This is the point of the show. And this is why I said yes to you being on the show. Or this is why I reached out to you about the show. Because overall, 
the end goal is the same. I don't give a shit if it's, you know, Jim Bob down the street or if it's Aaron Rodgers or whoever else. Like, you know, the goal is to be able to get into the stories that have shaped you and the lives that we lead on our path towards self-mastery. So what you got? You know yeah. what I mean? I, I get excited no matter who it is, because I'll here's something I want to give to the, the audience that mm -hmm. I think is a big thing that I had to learn. I'm fucking nobody to the people that have no idea who I am. To the mm -hmm. people that know who I am, I may be somebody to them. I may be bigger than life. I might be a tiny little speck. But when you're in that one-on-one -on -one conversation with those people, the only people that matter are you, the person, and the audience. That's it. And we got to think from the audience perspective. So yeah, those people, it's about having that connection with them, having the end goal in mind, and just being there intentionally, being there one-on-one -on -one with that person. Connection, end goal in mind, you're, you're focused, right? That's one mm -hmm. of the things I love about this is just, it's just, you and I talking, man. And yeah, sometimes I have to turn off self view so I don't stare at myself. But other than that, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's funny. Sometimes ADD kicks in, uh, and I literally so I had a moment the other day on a show um, with a guy that so there's a a tree that's right outside this window right in my office, and there's squirrels and shit that run up at every once in a while. <laughs> but I was literally in a conversation. I looked over. And at one point I looked over and I, all I thought in my head was squirrel. And there was a squirrel sitting there. And I was like, fucking ADD, damn it. And I brought it up on the show. I was like, it's funny how this stuff happens, but we're being pulled in different directions mm -hmm. every single day. And as hosts, it can be easy to think about the other stuff or think about what's the next thing I want to talk about. Yeah. So one of the big things I wanted to get into was about having, really having the intention to listen, to understand and as you listen to understand, you'll have your own questions that come up through that. Oh, and then God. using those questions. So you had talked before about the people that go from question one to question two. No matter what you said at question two, they're like, that's crazy shit. Here's question three. <laughs> like mm -hmm. They're just moving along. Um, I, I don't think you're able to actually fluidly move through a conversation and find really the magic that's not going to be in that base process. You know what I mean? Right. So as we, as we go through and we listen with intention and we listen to understand and our questions start to come up, I like to then look at, all right, well, is this a question that just my geek brain wants to ask? And does it matter to the audience or does it not matter to the audience? Mm. And then kind of taking that uh that direction you want to go so filtering the questions with the audience in mind big time interesting sometimes i get a little selfish and i just i just assume that well if you're along for the ride whatever i think is important is what you think is important but it's interesting that you you give more credence potentially to the audience yeah yeah and well yes however there's the playing jazz and if somebody goes off on some crazy wild tangent, then I've got to figure out a way to be able to get them back to yes, the topic at hand. Totally. Because there are certain times where people will be like, oh, and this thing, which leads to this thing, which, and they get all the way over here. And I'm like, that's totally cool, which reminds me of back to the topic. <laughs> yeah. You know, but being able to do right. that, honestly, I feel comes from many, many years in sales, marketing, and being able to work in different situations and having different conversations. 
I've been in different meetings with Fortune 500 companies where people are talking random shit. You're like, what? What even? Mm-hmm. What's even happening here? Yeah. Let's get back to this thing and understanding how to pull that back without being like, you're all just out of your damn minds. Here's what we need to get to. And on a one-to-one, when you get into a really good conversation, it can be really easy to just go off and be in the cloud (laughs) somewhere. And the next thing you know, you're like, that was cool. Where are we at? What do we do? Um, And that's, that's on the host. So I, I oftentimes tell, uh, tell guests that are specifically podcast hosts. I set them up for success where I tell them, look, this is your time to be a guest. This is your time. So be you, be the guest. Don't jump into host mode. If you want to kick a question back, beautiful, but feel like this is your time to be able to just sit in that guest spot and talk because it's on us as the host to be able to toss out the converse, toss out the questions and then see where the conversation goes and kind of move it along, but mm-hmm. keep the borders up. Like, all right, yeah. cool. We're going to go here. Like, I know we're basically talking about mindset, self-mastery. We're talking about these things. And if something goes a little off topic and I can see where the person's at least trying to take it, then I can start to move them that direction as well. If it starts to go a different direction. Mm. Now, I might be getting several layers deep with this. So to kind of recap just from the top, the easiest thing is to listen with intention to understand and allow your questions that come up naturally to be filtered through, is this beneficial to the audience? Love that you circled it back around. You can't help but uh, summarize for yourself. Love it. Empower guest mode as well as power host. Uh, <laughs> Try to so balance many good it, right? Things here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I find taking notes forces me to, to, uh, to, to listen, to understand more than not. I've heard some people say that, you know, if you're writing something down, then you're not actually listening. So who knows there, but, but I do find it helps me uh, listen. And a friend of mine named Zach was recently talking about how you can either listen or you can like think of your answer, but you can't really do both, you know? Hmm. Um, But all that being said, here's the question I, I pose back to you. Talk to me about that fearful spot you can get into. Maybe just all that we just think about is I could get into this spot where I don't know what to ask next, especially if I let it go on a tangent too far. Now we're like, where do we go from here? What do I do next? Talk to me about how how you feel about that situation. Have you been in sure. there before? How do you get out of it? I think there's a couple pieces to it. So yeah. it depends on what you do with your show production wise. Okay. Uh, for my show and my team, we don't really hyper-produce the meat of the conversation because it's on me as the host to keep shit in line. Right. Um, however, I always tell the guests within the first 10 minutes that we have, five, 10 minutes, because that's really my intro call with them. That first handful of minutes, I tell them, look, as we're going through stuff, if you ever get to some spot where you're like, um, I have no idea where the fuck I am right now, we can totally just pause and I can put a, a pin in that moment and tell the production team, hey, this is a spot you need to cut out. And they cut it, and that's totally fine. So yeah. I've had that happen three, four times over the span of the last year, uh, where some people are just like, oh, I'm not sure where I was. And it was far enough along where it didn't make sense to just hop all the way back to the thing. Yeah. However, I've had a few of those times where I've been able to save that, where I'm like, man, that's totally fine. Because you touched on this thing. My job as the host to be able to get us back. And move us along. 
So whatever I found through that thing, I was like, that is close enough for me to know that it's close enough to get back to the topic yeah. for them me to ask another question. Wow. So in that spot, if you're not able to do that and you're just sitting there like a deer in headlights going, Whoa, what's going on? I think worst case scenario, you can toss it back to them. You could totally say, wow, that's interesting. Care to expand on that? Mm. And see what they come up with because they might take you in a different direction. So wow. for the that, people that have a hard time with that, yeah. Care to expand on that? <laughs> tossing it back to them. That's cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think even just offering your guests the knowledge that we can erase the share out of anything, right? Almost puts people's minds at ease sometimes. Well, that, yeah. That we we can always cut that out. But then have you seen the reverse of that where people are almost like they're in that CNN mode where they feel like they have to be the perfectly scripted guest. They have to have that four second mm -hmm. sound bite, and then they get nervous because they're not making good sound bites. Man. So you're bringing up great stuff, Casey. So that again, comes back to the qualification okay. because you shouldn't have anybody on your show that's just squirming weird and totally awkward, unless your show is about weird, squirming, totally awkward people. So I'm out. <laughs> well, dude, you have great conversation and I think you're quirky, sure. not, yeah. not awkward. You know, the, right, there are right. people no, that totally. are just like, <laughs> just staring, staring at, you. at you. and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck, what's wide going eyes. on? <laughs> yes, there's something behind me. Somebody gonna kill me. Uh, but I, I think <laughs> the qualifications of it, being able to qualify those people, um, yeah. but really being able to understand what the goal is of the show is is going yeah. to help you. So back to like the the fear of, oh my God, what happens if we get to this point? You can one toss it back to somebody sure. and see what they come up with, or two. You can just ask another question, but you've got to transition it somehow. Wow, that's really interesting. Or, hmm, on that note, and ask the next question. Mm -hmm. uh, something I learned hopping all the way back to music years ago. I was in different bands. I, I could mention playing worship bands and stuff. And there are yeah. different times where we would have certain volunteers that appreciated their heart, you know, like... A, Appreciate dude, you as people. I totally get it, man. Dude, I'm sure totally you do, man. You're like, you're a good person, but you shouldn't be up here with the six. Please, you know, like, please turn the microphone on that particular instrument down a little bit in the sound booth. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. But you know, understanding that there are certain people that are going to come in and play with certain things, uh, certain ways. You've got to be able to handle your ground your own way. So I think if you've got something that you can rest back on and know that you're totally good you're going to be fine. But worst case scenario, it's never really a train wreck unless you just completely stop, scream, and cry. <laughs> and somebody told me that, I think it was a bassist that I was in a band with at one point. And this guy was just super chill, meek. So the way he said it was just like, it's not a train wreck unless you just stop, scream, and cry. And he just kind of kept moving along with life. And I was like, wow, what a way to put that and drop the mic and walk away. Because, yeah, most people, especially in music, they have no idea, especially with jazz. They just think it all sounds kind of weird and interesting. And some of those may be terrible, wrong notes, but they right. were right within what they thought or, you know, whatever. So there's stuff like that, knowing that it's not a complete train wreck unless you just completely stop and scream, cry just freak out, whatever, because then people know they're alerted that there's a problem. If yeah. you don't alert them, they won't know. 
And I'm sure there's different things. Like I, I've flubbed on different words. I've said words weird. I've started oh, yeah. to say one word and end on another one. And it just sounds like, oh, and you're like some weird thing. I couldn't so, say mastery earlier. This, this uh, conversation, but mastery, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's certain words. Dude, I get it. Yeah. And it don't matter. Yeah. And who cares? Maybe there's right. somebody that's listening to it. Goes, what a douche. This guy can't <laughs> say this word. Give a fuck. So Are true. you still listening to the podcast? You're still listening. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. And th- but there's something about that, the human side too. I think if we get too curated, oh, that's yeah. where we're trying to get away from the commercials and the, and the, the news cycles that are just mm-hmm. so fake and polished. We like the weirdness and the ums, as long as we're not blowing away the uhs and the ums. I, I think just regular human combo is what it's all about. I'm glad you touch on that. Um, so I had mentioned a bit earlier um, in one of your with one of your questions. It depends on what people do production wise yeah. and how we don't overproduce within the meat of it. In fact, we don't really touch it at this point. However, when I first started, I mean, I'm a musician and I record music, so it was easy for me to spend a weekend, two weekends, or multiple weekends just working through stuff. And the first handful of episodes, I felt like it was my duty. And I chuckle about it now, but it felt like it was my duty to be able to make these people sound awesome. So cutting out the ums and uhs and stuff like that while still allowing it to be human. Like if somebody had like a, uh, well, it's this thing. I would just cut out that long ass, uh, then just leave the, well, it's this thing. But if they had a couple little things here and there, like I would would stress over it just a little bit. Like it didn't hold me up, you know, at night or anything, but there'd be times where I'm like, man, do I leave that in there? Do I not? And then at one point I was challenged by, uh, by a coach talking about what I'm doing and how I'm producing this stuff and going through it. And he was like, okay, so, uh, your production, you need to cut down by 75 to 80% and Mm -hmm. you got to do it within two weeks. I remember just looking at him and he just looked back at me to the point where you could just hear each other's eyelashes just slapping upon each other, you know, just like blink, blink, blink. I'm like 80% two weeks. He was just letting it ride. He was like, let that sink in. Yep. He's like, "Mm -hmm." and when you have questions, I'm here. I was like, well, all right, cool. So I had to rethink how I was doing things and kind of go back through why I was doing things to get to what's the end goal and how do I do it more efficiently, which also led me into creating a team to be able to help with it. But I had to go through it on my own first to be able to figure that stuff out to then pass it over to the team to get them to do it and all of that. Some of it was just a bullshit thought that I had. I have to make these people sound great. No, I have to be the best host that I can be, lead the call the best way I can be, but allow them to be them. Just have at it. And if there's, Mm -hmm. again, weird shit that happens in the middle, we can cut it out. But to touch on what you'd mentioned a bit with that, I don't like to tell people or lead them on that we can cut out whatever you want. I like to tell them if we get to a point where we need to stop, it's okay, we can. But that's not how this operates. This isn't how we work. For the most part, this is just going to be one big, open, fluid conversation. And there are people that can be sort of awkward and feel nervous, like you talked about with the people that feel like they're in a news segment. I will spend a little bit extra time with them before we hit record. Honestly, just shooting the shit and trying to love on the person. Mm-hmm. Find out a little bit about them. Talk about what's going on. Because if there's something even that happened earlier today and they're like, yeah, man, I had this problem that happened earlier. I'm sorry. My head's just not here for a minute. I go, that's cool. What happened? And just kind of work through it. Because what's another 10 minutes to be able to go through it? Worst case, I have to cut that out 
because I typically do back-to-backs, sometimes even back-to-back-to-backs. But if I have to cut it five, 10 minutes out of the conversation so I can have another five, 10 minutes to get a better conversation with them, it's kind of like slowing up to speed, uh, slowing down to speed up, you know? Yeah. Back-to-back-to-backs? Have you, have you done a billion podcasts in a day? Um, no, the most I've done is four. Four, yeah. And Hour did, long? Uh, so when I first started, they were about an hour long. And that was yeah. because we were just going and going and going. Typically, yeah. I tell people the episodes are going to be between 45 to 60 minutes long. So our record time will be between 30 and 45 minutes long because we have intro, outro, and some ad space in between. Yeah. Um, and 99.9% of the people understand that. And they're like, all right, cool. Um, along with that, I, another tip I want to give people is to be able to have bookend questions. So where there are certain shows that have 10 questions or what have you, and they'll kind of work through those. Hopefully there's some rhyme to rhyme and reason to those. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with my show, I'll send out as soon as a guest uh, sends in their information and they schedule a time for our show, uh, sure. they'll get an auto email with a list of questions. And then that, those list of questions are also in the invite. So they mm-hmm. can see it a couple of different places, but I'll tell them these are these are questions that could be asked. The bookends are the first and the last one though. So the first one I tell people, I tell them up front, like these are the questions so they can prep for them. Um, but the first one is, what do you do for a living? And what's one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre? Because then at that point, I don't need to do their intro. I don't need to flub through it or make something up or read their bio or anything like that. I get the person to tell us who they are. And we've already talked about that a little bit and I've already mm-hmm. qualified them. So I already kind of know what they're going to get to. And I tell them, what's one thing that you do? So it's the most important thing to them. And then I'll, when I ask them, what's the one thing that most people don't know about you that's odd or bizarre, man, that takes us down some crazy different paths. <laughs> I bet funny paths. Like I've been asked guy, that question. Has anyone flipped it back on you? No, they haven't. What um, would be your answer for that one? Uh, I appreciate that. You're flipping it on me here. So and, and to give you this little time in between, we didn't throw this in the prep call. This is completely no, it's cool. jazz. This is complete jazz right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, being a musician, some people don't know because they just know yeah. me as a podcast host or sales leader or something like that. Um, or that I played in church bands for 12 years. Wow. And we were typically, we had thousands of people in services every Sunday, really? like one of Saturday and churches, Sunday. Right. So yeah, yeah. Basically yeah. a rock concert. Oh, there was, there was one where we were doing six services Tuesday or uh, Saturday and Sunday. So it was two and then four. So two Saturday night and four Sunday. And we would with do that many people, like a thousand each uh, plus, uh, you know, the 10, 30 and 12 o'clock. Those were the ones where most people were coming to, but our yeah. Saturday night ones, like we were crushing it and there were some younger kids and stuff like that, but it was, sure. yeah, it was like a big rock show. Um, Dang. so yeah, that's the thing that a lot of people don't know about me that didn't know me from then. Um, yeah. but also that I am a, uh, sports collectibles fan. Um, I grew up getting, you know, cards, baseball cards, sports cards, stuff like that. Um, and had them all thrown out when I was younger, which (laughs) totally sucked. There's just a bunch of money that was thrown out. Um, but over the past couple of years, getting back into it and enjoying that. So, um, 
that may not be a weird thing, but the depth that I've taken it might be a little strange for people right. where I've started to, and this is part of my OCD and just the way that I process through things. I've started to actually go out and get big batches of like uh, dad's old cards or a husband's couple boxes of cards where the wife just doesn't want to see them in the attic anymore or whatever mm -hmm. else. I'll take those cards and I'll start to actually sort through them all base cards, the parallels, the inserts, the autos, all that sort of stuff. And recently I've started selling off some of the excess that I've had, just a bunch of the commons that are like tens of thousands of commons. I've started setting them up into specific teams, starting with the NFL. So I sold two this week, the NFL, um, was it Packers and Cowboys, 300 plus cards and a big block of them that were literally just sitting in my closet for a bunch of time where I was like, the fuck am I going to do with you? Right. Um, now they're in your closet taking up space. <laughs> well, that's at this point. Yeah, they were taking up space. So I'm like, all right, how do I reformat it and get them out? Um, get them out. Wow. Yeah, that's a little odd or bizarre, I guess. I've got a, I remember when I was a kid, I, my, my dad got me uh, like baseball card, you know, the set. It was 1988 was the year. And I was like, cool, let me open this. He was like, no, 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 don't mm -hmm. open it. Yeah. And so I literally put it in my closet and was like, this lame. It, it's like 1988 and it's brand new. But then here we are talking years later. Is that thing worth anything? Is anything it, magic happen in 88? See, it, there are certain trash years and certain, certain um, series that were kind of trashy series. So it's yeah. funny because right now I see a lot of uh, late 80s and early 90s stuff because people our age. They're like, oh, well, the wife doesn't want these around anymore. I'm almost 40 or whatever. And they're like, I need to get rid of my cards. Um, and some of those are hit or miss. Uh, there are obviously some key players that came in. But uh, honestly, at this point, I'm looking for more of the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, because that's where there's a lot of good stuff. And there was also a switch in uh, the companies that were producing Mm. and all that now we are getting onto it yeah and baseball and nerdy gum. Level. i was gonna say watch me transition this uh so <laughs> the idea of asking personal questions gets to a different part of your guest right there's the mm -hmm. talking shop questions and then some people don't ask these they keep it strictly business but it sounds like you even start with a personal question talk yeah. to me about knowing the other side of your guests what do you mean knowing uh the human side of them yeah the human side and well, not, not just keeping it to like let's talk mindset let's mastery and then i don't really care who you are i just want your information so think about what just happened with you asking me the question yeah. i thought about it i opened up about it getting into the conversation that's easy for you and i to have a good conversation because sure. we've been having one but to start something off like that, you get somebody to think about something that makes them happy or some weird sort of situation or something. And then just being able to set off the conversation on a, on a great foot. Now, you typically can't go out anywhere else, like to a bar or somewhere and be like, hey, I'm Nick. Casey, tell me some weird shit about you. Right. You know, uh, you <laughs> typically need a little bit of time to have a conversation with that person or at least it's a couple that's not gonna work on guys or girls right it's just <laughs> yeah, like, everyone's gonna what? think who's this weird guy <laughs> yeah uh but you can do that in the beginning of the show to be able to right. help them alleviate any of the stress talk about something that's familiar to them mm. be it a positive or a negative and then for the show and the audience it takes us down a specific path if it allows for it so i had one um uh, one guest when i'd asked him that he was like all right well um I was robbed for 50K 
in Spain. And then I got a bull tattoo all in one day. I was like, what? How the fuck am I supposed to talk about anything else? Like anything else. <laughs> this and he whole was like, show no, no, no. is now about your adventure in Spain. Like, yeah, he's like, no, no, no. Can we talk about other things? I was like, we can, but we got to go down here. Um, <laughs> and he was totally fine with it. It was just, that was one of those weird things. And then from that, I was able to get into mindset and self-mastery because the guy just told me he was robbed for $50,000 in another country and then got a tattoo to commiserate and commemorate it all. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that's in there that we can get into. And I know, again, from the main core of my show, how did you manage your mindset in those tough times? And what are the nuggets of wisdom that we can pull out of that? So having that sort of opening where that person is already open, they're vulnerable, they're starting to get into the stuff. If it's a funny thing, they're kind of laughing or jovial. Yeah. And then we get down the next path. So and cool. I think if you know where, if you know where you want to go and you allow for people again to play jazz, then you'll learn other things about them and you can continue to use that within the conversation. Um, so you'd asked about learning people on the other side. I mean, the show is specifically about the other side, not the businessy mm-hmm. side. Even in my little intro section, before we hit record, I tell people, look, if I feel like you're being surface level or super businessy about things, I'm going to pull your ass down. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you're okay with that now. And if you aren't, we can get off the phone. Yeah. And most people are like, oh, no, it's totally good, man. I'm an open book, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm here. I'm in <laughs> Until <it."> you do it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But most people... Um, Actually, on that note, until you do it, I feel like if I do my job right, I will have set up enough credibility and respect with the person where they can understand what you had said earlier, that the questions are coming from a place of love and wanting to understand, yeah, not ridicule or judgment or anything of the sort. I also have to have some discernment to where I can feel if people are getting really uncomfortable with something and if it's a good level of uncomfort. Yeah. And I'm all right to push that a bit, or if it's something that I need to pull back a bit on and maybe pivot a little bit and move away. And I think honestly, a lot of that comes from my sales background and my coaching practice, just being able to work with people on that stuff, because look, you can get people to a point where you can make them uncomfortable and it's a healthy growing area. You can also make them just shut down and you don't ever want to have somebody just shut down on your show because at that point you basically just need to... (laughs) you need to stop the show. Like you, you, you're done. You've gone too far. Yeah. You've broken something. Yeah. Um, you know, I had an amazing takeaway when you described asking that question first, because I've had some guests where it was frustrating. I didn't really get to them and they were, I wasn't connecting. And I asked randomly, I don't know where this came from. I would say divinely inspired. I asked them what was their favorite ice cream, right? Mm. Where did that question come from? I don't know. I'm talking to this guy. I'm like, oh, this isn't working. This is not going to, and I'm like, you know what, man? What's your favorite ice cream? Guess what? We both like mint chocolate chip. From there, we're, we're, we're riffing, we're all these things, and, and it was working well. And that was toward the end of that particular interview. And, and then I thought about, wow, that was great. You asked that question first to really soften them up. And that reminded me, I typically ask that question in the prep call. So mm. where if you're not doing a prep call, you're asking it as a Q1 type question and getting them to be themselves and warm up mm-hmm. to you. I'm trying to do some of that in the prep, but either way, it needs to happen yeah. to open those, open those gates. So, so many things I got to get you back on here because there's so many questions. We, we could talk about this all day, but I, there's a couple other things I just love to ask you. 
before you both turn into pumpkins. One is the sky is rosy. Everything's fine. But what is your biggest challenge with podcasting? Oh, man. So I've been thinking about this a bit since our last conversation. And I'm the type where I look at things as challenges that like, is it something I'm actively doing something about? Because mm. for the most part, a lot of things that came up, I was like, oh, well, I'm not really focused on those things yet, or I'm not in this other area. And it's not um, me being present in what the current business is. I say all that because for the podcast, for the audience, for the podcast host, you got to stay in the lane that you're in now. You got to think about where you want to go and what you want to do. Uh, but there are things that ha- are happening right in front of you that you've got to be able to figure out and work through to can help you slow down to speed up. Uh, so right now, documenting, documenting my process and delegating is something that I'm working through. I've been building out a team for the past couple of months. I've got a great, great process in place because I've spent, they say 10,000 hours of mastery. I think I spent 10,000 hours by June this year. Uh, I've just been in it and obsessed with it. And I know that if I can figure out my process and I can figure out something that works for me, I can then show somebody else how to do it and move on to other things within the business. Um, So right now, it's just documenting the next bit of my process. Uh, Honestly, I've got 90, 95% of the work basically done for me with the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are certain things that I can tighten up a bit, which will then allow me to put my time into other areas of the business. Love it. Documenting, getting it, getting it clear, getting it shared by all. That's tough. And it's some grunt work. Final question for you, sir. Where's the show going? We talked a little bit about milestones that you, you can hit and things mm-hmm. happen. We talk again, 50 episodes, roughly a year in human, human time, podcast time. We talk again a year, 50 episodes from now. What do you want? to say about your show? What do you want it to be about? And what do you want to have happened and, and, and changed maybe from it? Hmm. So I'm at 61 episodes now uh, with 42 that are out. So I've got a bunch in the queue. Uh, as a side little tip for everybody, you should never have to record an episode the week of launch for that episode. Right. If you're doing that, it's a big mistake. Something's happening. <laughs> yeah, you should have many episodes, 10, 20 already sit in the queue, ready to be produced or already ready to go. So if we flash forward a year from now, another 50 episodes, 52 episodes with the year. Um, the biggest thing that I really hope to have from this, just in general, overall, is to really be a platform and a space where others can share the stories of the moments that they've been through and that have shaped them to allow others, the audience, to be able to open up and have deeper conversations and start to have live a meaningful life that looks however they want it to look in a very authentic way. Because in certain ways, even some of the words that I just said can be construed as just bullshit and buzzy with Mm -hmm. some of the stuff that's out there. So it's a matter of whatever that looks like for that person. So here we are, another 50 episodes. Let's say we're right around 100 episodes. I want this to be a place where people come to for mental health, for mindset, for self-mastery and discipline but truly for authenticity and ways that can help them, no matter what part of the journey they're on, where they're at, and be able to be a a space for resources for them where they're safe and they can start to work through stuff. Um, And that's really on on the human side of it. From the business side, because again, this is 
the people listening, you have a podcast. The whole business side of this is to really generate leads and be a brand awareness, huge campaign uh, around mental health and also me as the influencer of it. Mm -hmm. So um, I appreciate when I get to kind of dive into this a little bit, because I typically don't have this sort of conversation. But when I first started this, it came from having conversations with coaching clients where some coaching clients were telling me some shit, some wild shit. Mm-hmm. And you can't really go from having a conversation with somebody where they're saying their you know, family member was touching them at a young age sure. and then share that with the world. Like, right. It's not like I'm going to hop on fucking Instagram live and be like, so I was just talking to somebody about how their yeah. uncle was touching their butt. Like, nope, yeah. that's not a thing that could be done. Right. So I thought, how do I get these conversations out to more people? How do I have it open? And podcasting came, came to mind. It was something that I kicked around for a long, long time, but being able to actually do this now, from the host perspective, from the business perspective, the beautiful thing is it's not about me. It's about the guests mm-hmm. and we get to create content. So it's really content led growth. That's kind of the overall strategy without it just being me the entire time. Like I, I get that there are certain times where I should have my face and people should know who I am. They should learn things specifically about me. But for the most yeah. part, they should look at the mindset and self-mastery show that has great conversations with great guests. And it's led by Nick McGowan, a great host. I would hope people would think, but I don't want to be that first one that they think about. I want them to think about the actual different stories and the things that relate to them. Right. Cause I know that there are certain people I relate to that are like, yeah, man, I'm all there with you. And there are other people that are like, you are too Philly. You need to calm the fuck down or whatever. (laughs) Um, But the guest might, you know, scratch that itch for them. Yeah, they might. So it's about them, but it's lead generation. Um, and it's opening the doors to other opportunities. I mean, I get leads at this point for coaching and for guests, but it'll be interesting to see what happens over the course of the next year, what sort of speaking engagements and other Hell opportunities yeah. that come up from it. So it's it's wild to think, even if you just start the show off as I just want to have conversations with people, or yeah. I think I want to get leads or what have you, it can turn into something vastly different and huge if you allow it to. But I think the biggest thing that at least I've found and that other people in the space, and I know you you get it as well, it's consistency. Consistency. Consistency and authenticity. Man, what a way to wrap up consistency and authenticity. Where can people connect with you? We're definitely going to have to do this again. <laughs> uh, but until then, throw out the website, all the places they can connect. Where do you want them to say hi? All that. I appreciate that, man. First off, Casey, thank you. Thank you for being awesome what you do uh, and for being open about all this stuff. This is great. And I appreciate a lot of the questions that you've come up with um, that weren't the scripted ones. There was some good stuff that we got into with that, but the fact that you're able to play jazz and uh, speak what you preach, man, I appreciate that. So thank you for having me on. Uh, The best place for people to go is the mindset and self mastery show.com. That's going to kick you out to the YouTube page, to our Facebook, to our Instagram. Uh, but that'll give you access to all of the episodes, all the videos, all of that. And then through there, yeah. you can contact me as well. You can go to nickmcgowan.com. That's N-I-C-K-M-C-G-O-W-A-N.com. Uh, mm-hmm. But look, Everybody that's listening to this, you're a podcast host. I would say check out the site, connect with me through there, or check out my LinkedIn. 
um, and just connect with me. If you have any questions or want me to kind of expand a bit on some of the stuff that we've talked about, I am more than happy to do so. Hell yeah, dude. So good. So good. We played jazz, man. I, I knew that was going to happen when we were, when you first dropped that on me on the prep calls, like, holy shit, this is going to be a great way. Now forever I can describe podcasts with that terminology because it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just wrapped up a set and now I need to go sit down and maybe have a beer because we just made some music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So I want to thank you. I know you're super gracious thanking me, but thank you so much for coming on here. I mean, I have literally two pages of notes. I've learned so much from you. The idea of saying no and, and, and being a conduit and protecting your audience and the chords and even what jazz is and one, three, five and all the different ways that you, you make magic on your show. So thanks, man. I really appreciate you being on here. Thank you again. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. If you learned something, everyone listening, and I freaking know you did, cause I do literally have two pages of notes front and back over here then share this with someone else, one person, three people, 9,000 people, whatever the number, that's thought leadership. It's just getting good information into somebody else's hands. Maybe you know a podcaster that needs to to hear this, right? they, They need a little encouragement from Nick, or they just need a little kick in the butt to play some jazz. Either way, get some good content in their hands. Nick, with that, I appreciate you, man. Thanks. All right, everybody. This has been another exciting episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum.